Nation, welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast. This is the Marvel Avengers Review Series, and we are the Credible Nerds. My name is Justin, and as always, I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey guys, how's it going? And today we have a special guest host, Kimball. Hello friends, how are you? And we are going to be reviewing Captain Marvel, the latest movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It came out this month in March 2019. And this is episode 21 of our Marvel Avengers rewatch slash review series. So welcome. And hopefully you've listened to the previous 20 episodes of our series. If not, uh, go back and check those out. We start with Captain America, the first Avenger. It's the first film in the chronological story of the Avengers in this movie series. And this being the 21st episode, uh, we're going to talk about that, how it fits in with the previous films and previous story that's already been established and how this film did in, in what we thought about the overall story. So thanks for joining us once again. But first, a little background on this film. Like I said, it came out in March of 2019, March 8th, 2019 to be exact. It was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. I didn't know I had two directors, but that's what IMDb is saying. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, written by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. And it stars Brie Larson as Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Veers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel. That's one question I had to start off is, um, did she ever say, hey, I'm Captain Marvel? That's my superhero name. Did that ever get established in this film? Uh, no, I, I think they just got Marvel from um, the doctor, Marvel. Yeah. And uh, that was established and talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's why they started calling her Marvel, is because Marvel's work kind of you know, ended up creating her. Right. And Marvel just sounds weird, so they said Marvel because that's. <laughs> yeah, I guess there was that scene at the end with Nick Fury and Carol when they're washing the dishes. Yeah, but they never really call refer to her as Captain Marvel. Maybe they will in Endgame, but they never say, "Hey, Captain Marvel, come over here." Yeah. Anyways, just uh, something I noticed. And then we got Samuel L. Jackson back as Nick Fury. Uh, ben Mendelsohn is the alien. Is it Talos? Talos. He also impersonated the the head shield agent Keller, Agent Keller. Jude Law was Jan Rog. Annette Benning was the Supreme Intelligence. Also, she was Captain Marvel. What was her human name? Doctor Lawson. Lawson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got Lasana Lynch is Maria Rambo, who was uh, Carol Danvers' friend, fellow co-pilot. Clark Gregg reprises his role as Agent Coulson. That was good. He to looks see like him. he's been to Tahiti, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hasn't been to Tahiti yet. Well, he looks it though, right? Yeah, he looks yeah. rejuvenized. Yeah, nice and young. <laughs> um, and that's oh, was it? Demon Demon Honso? I, I never pronounce his name right. I just recognize it. Yeah, I, I don't know how to say his name either. But he plays Korath, and I was kind of hoping that they'd uh, answer the question how he became, you know, ended up being Korath. You know, like with the chip in the head and all that yeah he first appeared in if you were to look at the films with the release date he first appeared in guardians of the galaxy one in the opening scene with star lord who uh then lee pace right right mark lee pace uh, no i i think this is a lie (laughs) this is most definitely a lie because that was not lee pace (laughs) just accept that you were wrong he was like lee pace like maybe on his sickest day ever and you know i i don't know but that was not lee pace I I thought it was Lee Pace. What did you think, Kimball? Did you recognize him? Yeah, I just kept thinking of the elf from The Hobbit. So it was him. See, So that's the rundown of that. This is a Disney Marvel Studios film. 
mean, outside of the Spider-Man and Venom films, they're all going to be Disney films. Uh, even the X-Men going forward, hopefully. So chronologically, this film is after Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, start, as far as release time. Ant-Man and the Wasp came out 2018 in July, I believe, June or July of last year. Story-wise, however, it's after Captain America and before Iron Man. What were your guys' thoughts? This was set in the 90s. What were your guys' thoughts about that? How, how did it fit in between those two films? Uh, Kimball, why don't you tell us what your thoughts on that? It fit pretty well between the two. Um, I, I like that they're kind of spacing them out from all these recent ones and kind of filling in the gaps a little bit. We get some of that. I think um, it was in the first Ant-Man. We get a little bit of something from the late 80s and then same with the Winter Soldier or Civil War. You get these little flashbacks from 80s and 90s, but this was actually a good one that took place and stayed in the past. And I liked it. I thought it fit well. Um, I don't think it created many loopholes, at least from what I have read. I didn't find any. Okay. What about for you, Mark? Did it fit well? Was there some disconnect there at all? What were your thoughts on that? Um, <clears throat> just kind of like we, we talked about after the show. I, no, I, I really liked it uh, as far as it fitting in. I thought it was great, right, to show the blockbuster because if you grew up in the 90s at all, there was blockbusters everywhere. And uh, <laughs> uh, so I thought that was pretty neat, kind of a little flashback. I thought it created a little bit of a problem uh, with Fury when uh, he said he blamed Thor for them creating the weapons from the, uh, the Tesseract, right? Uh, when um, In the first Captain Avengers? America, yeah, when, when Captain America finds all the weapons, he's like, what are you making the weapons for? And, you know, you're just as bad as, as they are. And he's like, and he blames Thor, right? He's like, it's because of him. Because Thor showed up and he was so powerful and, and you know, they had to defend themselves because they didn't know what was out there. But he had already seen what was out there, right? He had seen Captain Marvel. And so it's kind of weird to me that, you know, here's Captain Marvel and they got invaded by aliens who can change shape and, and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, Ronan comes down, almost destroys the Earth, but he waited till Thor came before they started making weapons. Yeah. Good point. And so I, I didn't like that. You know, I thought that kind of threw it off. And then I thought it thrown off a little bit by Captain Marvel, Marvel, or Dr. Marvel, <laughs> whatever, uh, having the Tesseract because I, I don't really know how she, how she came in possession of it. Yeah. They're going to have to do some retcon there. Because I looked on a couple articles and I didn't find anything saying how she got it. So because last we see it was... Uh, the end of First Avenger, Captain America First Avenger, and Stark picks it up off the bottom of the ocean. And then before this film, the next time we see it is in the Avengers. Mm -hmm. But in this film, which happens before the Avengers, it's a major plot device. So, so it'd be interesting to see how it got from Stark to Captain Marvel or Dr. Lawson, is it? Yeah, Dr. Lawson. Because, you know, she would have had to have some major pull to get in, you know, to have S.H.I.E.L.D. give it to her. And did S.H.I.E.L.D. know who she was? Yeah. Well, she was working at that S.H.I.E.L.D. facility where they went to in the film. And they went there asking for her and her work and stuff. So she was working there. So maybe she stole it or, I mean, it's unclear is what it is. So mm -hmm. there is a connection there, though, that could explain eventually. Yeah. So I don't know. But other than that, I think think it fit great. You know, pretty pretty solid story. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. I think they could have showed or at least talked about the Stark family a little bit since yeah. Howard Stark is very well known in the 80s. 
um, at least mentioned, I like whenever they do little blurbs, maybe of Dr. Pym or yeah. Howard, you know, just stuff to kind of tie other stories loosely. That would have been uh, at least fun. Yeah. I mean, they could have just ha- added a couple lines of dialogue is all and it would have tied in nicely. Yeah. Yeah. Something to, to show that we're there. Cause there's no way, right. I, and this always bugs me about superhero movies that uh, Hank Pym just kind of sat there and be like, it's cool. We're invaded by aliens. I'll, yeah. I'll just this one out. Yeah. Well, when did uh, Howard Stark's dad get k- killed by the winter soldier? That was in the eighties, right? Or was it the nineties? It was like 91 or 92, I think. Okay. I believe it was early 90s. And this happened in 95, I believe. So that would explain why Stark's not around, but um, yeah. Let's see. Yeah, he died in December of 91. So that's right. But then in 89 was whenever that crash happened when Marvell and Carol wrecked. So there was that flashback when they were kind of on the airplane hangar getting ready to go up. And that was in 89. That was in 89. Yeah, okay. And she had the Tesseract then because she was working on that engine, uh-huh. the light speed engine. So maybe there was some crossover between her and Howard Stark. I'd like to know if that happened. Maybe Stark was working with her. And That's maybe, what I've read on the fanboy websites is they kind of work together. Hmm. And if, would Peggy Carter be involved? Yeah. Right? Because she would have been, I mean, she's one of the co-founders of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So she should have been involved, you know, at a, at a big degree somehow, especially if she had the Tesseract. Yeah. Hmm. That's some some good theories there. I like it. Hopefully they address it in some form or another, whether it's a comic book or... I wish they'd do those short films again where they... Oh, yeah. I forgot they did those. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, they haven't done those since, I think, was Iron Man 3 was the last one or... Yeah, I think, yeah. Iron Man 3, I think, was the very last one. Yeah. Yeah, they should do a couple a couple of those to explain all these little... Especially just since they're jumping around the timeline. You could do, do that. Mm-hmm. So infinity stones in this film. Yeah. Just the, the Tesseract, the, the space stone, which is inside uh, shield connections. There's big shield connections. Nick J Fury, Nicholas J Fury was probably the biggest one. Agent Coulson was there. Like we said earlier, they actually go into a shield facility to the records room and do some research. So yeah, we haven't had a shield connection for a while in, in the Avenger films and we're back to, to this, but, in the chronological timeline, it's um, or the story chronologically is in the 90s, so that might explain it. Other Avengers involved in this film? No, just uh, Agent Fury and Captain Marvel. And this, we actually see the, the start of the Avenger initiative. We see Nick Fury typing up on his Windows 95, probably. <laughs> um, the, the start, first he called it the Protector Initiative, I believe, or Protect, yeah, Protector Initiative. And then he changed it to the Avenger Initiative, which he got off by looking at the photo of Carol Danvers getting into her airplane and her call sign was Avenger. What do you guys think of that? That was a clever twist. I wasn't expecting that. So yeah. I wondered, you know, how did they get the name Avenger? But I guess they got it from her. Yeah. I would have liked Maverick myself yeah. just because they had Goose, right? I know. <laughs> like, where's the, Maverick? The cat was Goose. I, th- I thought that would have been witty, but... <laughs> All right. Um, no, Avengers was cool. I liked it. I'd like to know how she, she got it. I know that, you know, she kept coming back, but she wasn't like a, an avenging soul, you know? So I, you know, I kind of want to see how she ended up getting that. Yeah. As far as the overall story, how does this film advance it? Does it advance the overall story or does it just fill in some blanks for what we're going to see in Endgame? 
I think it fills in blanks for sure. Uh, I don't think it really did anything for the story. I think it brought a lot of questions to the story. You know, I don't know, almost ruined a couple things, but not bad enough unless you're super nerd. And, uh, but yeah, I think it was more of like, crap, we have to introduce this character somehow. So let's plug her in somewhere in the 90s where we can say these people are involved yet and this is why. And she can kind of have her own story. Yeah. Okay. So with uh, the character development, it was a little different than most. This is an origin story. uh, And the development of this character was different in that it starts off with her trying to figure out who she was. She was having these flashbacks. And then halfway through the movie, she finds out who she was. And she's still having trouble remembering until probably another 20 minutes. And then she finally figures it out. And then from there, she even has some more developments where she comes into her powers. She has a little bit of access, but there's some sort of device implanted on her head, probably her brain as well. And then when she rips that out, she's able to fully embrace her power and who she is and is able to start using her her power. So the character development arc is different than most. Um, What did you guys think about how we are introduced to her and she doesn't know who she is and we follow her on this journey of her slowly remembering who she is and what she can do. What about for you, Kimball? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think um, it was, it's a unique way. Instead of just starting from the beginning, going to the end, we're kind of thrown in the middle of it. She's already a Cree, but we know she wasn't always a Cree, which I thought was clever. But as far as like knowing who she is, like her history, I felt like we didn't really get a whole lot of build up. Um, we almost, I, I would like another story about her kind of growing up because I want to know more about her past. Yeah, her dad, her parents were kind of jerks. It looked like they were abusive. She struggled in the military, but these were just few clips that we saw and then that was it. Um, I would have liked, you know, maybe dedicate 10, 15 more minutes to her being a little girl, to being a teenager and then being in the in the Air Force going through through basic training, I would have liked to see more of that development because it just didn't, it wasn't enough for me. Yeah. Okay. What about for you, Mark? Um, kind of the same. I wish they would have done more, you know, about her Cree lineage, like, you know, how, how she grew up on earth, but she's Cree. And it does that mean she's an inhuman. Do you remember them? Yeah. From the, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, is she part of the inhuman race or... Is she more Cree? Like, you know, where do her powers come from, you know, basically? So, you know, I'd kind of like to see an answer on that because, you know, like we just got to see her really when she's grown up and a couple flashbacks when she was a kid. So I I think they missed out on that. If they're going to make an origin story, tell me about who she is and where she came from. Uh, So for me, it was okay. I thought it was was a unique way, something we hadn't seen before, like you guys said. But it kind of dragged the story for me. Like the first hour has her trying to figure out who she is and it was fine, but I, it was slow for me and I was getting a little bored or anxious. Like, Hey, let's, let's move this along. So for me, it was a, overall, it was a detriment. Maybe they could have spiced it up a little bit, made it a little more interesting or what, but um, I got to give them props for, for being original or trying to be original from what we've seen previously in these origin stories. Um, as far as her being Cree, I don't know. She was she was human because when she was in the crash, she had red blood. And then when she was kidnapped by the Kree, they mentioned something about a transfusion. Now that's now she has green blood. So I don't know to what extent is she Kree. That would be weird that she would be fully Kree just because of a blood transfusion. So I don't know. So let me see what it says here. Bear with me a second. I'm pretty sure she's Kree. 
Okay. So if she was Cree, then she was Cree before she came to Earth, or was she? She's like, she is like half Cree. She's not full Cree. Well, they never showed her mom, did they? No, just her dad. Yeah. So maybe there's some connection there. Maybe mom was Cree. Maybe Marvell was the mom. Yeah. Mm. That could be a clever twist. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll do a second one after Endgame. So maybe that's the the story is, who's my mom? And that's the journey is, you know, she needs to figure out who that is. Hmm. I swear I read somewhere she was Cree. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, but I I seem to remember that she was part Cree. Yeah, I remember reading in the initial story, like the initial reports, that she was half Cree and half human. That's where, and I thought she got her powers from being Cree, but in the film it shows otherwise. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Well, it's interesting that it's not that clear. I mean, there's still some question about it. We all mm. three saw it, but yet, you know, we're still like, well, I don't know about this. What do you think? You know, there's no clear definitive answer. So either they want it to be ambiguous for some later uh, story development, or they didn't do a good job of explaining it in the first place. Yeah. Maybe we'll pick it up on our second rewatch. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things too is, is like how, you know, aside from, uh, you know, her powers, you know, how strong she is. Right, because the space stone doesn't give strength. Space stones about sh- travel and stuff like that. Yeah, so, I was confused about that too. And so she should have been like, when she was so strong, you know, pound for pound strong. I'm just, I was kind of like, you know, she's got to be part Cree. She can't just be human. But I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of strange. Little, some little loopholes, I guess, once you kind of dig down into it. But I wonder how she stacks. I'm really interested to see how she stacks up against like Thor and the Hulk. Yeah, who would win in a fight? Her. Her and Thor, her and Hulk, her against those two. It's a good question. I think I think her and Thor would be the best matchup. I think right now her and Thor would be a good matchup, but I think in like a thousand years Thor would handle it pretty simple, pretty easy. Yeah, maybe. Any thoughts on that, Kimball? Who'd win? Yeah, I mean, people are saying that she's the one that's going to defeat Thanos because she's the strongest Avenger. But I just wasn't that impressed in the movie. I mean, she was able to destroy some of those. Um, I guess bombs that uh, Lee Pace uh, shot down towards Earth. But as far as her fighting, it just didn't seem to impress me a whole bunch. And I think Thor really could handle her, especially since he took the blast from that star, for one thing. Yeah. And that was impressive by himself. So I think Thor would win. Well, it only kill him if he dies, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember that line? If you remember that line, it's legit. But um, yeah, I, don't, I think that Thor's a, a lot of times underestimated too because – he straight up went through all six infinity stones to stab, uh, to stab Thanos, right? Yep. Remember that, right? He just yep. goes straight through all six of them. And one of the ideas about Odin, why Thanos waited until Odin died, is because Odin could control that type of power without the infinity stones. So if Thor is now his heir, at some point, Thor will be able to as well. Yeah. Yeah, Thor's biggest mistake and probably only mistake is he didn't cut off his head right (laughs) he didn't deliver a killing blow well he want he needed the royalties (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah no it's i think i think the only reason he was beaten in the first place was because thanos had the power stone otherwise i think i think it's a way more even fight yeah well i don't think at least i hope that captain marvel shows up and she just beats thanos i think it's her her abilities and her power in addition to what's already there is what tips you know turns the tide i guess you could say it's not just her alone it's her and thor and hulk and iron man and you know everybody working together so that's 
That's my hope. I don't think she is powerful enough by herself to defeat Thanos. Yeah. So everyone else? No, I, yeah. I, I don't either, especially when he's got Infinity Stones with him. Uh, I think it would be kind of lame, just like you have said, if, if she shows up and all of a sudden she comes in, cleans house, let's call it a day. Right. Because uh, I don't think that's how it should be. But it will be interesting to see how they plug her in and what they do. Uh, I want to get your take on this <laughs> because I thought it was kind of funny. Marvel put out a statement uh, about Captain Marvel and they said, witness the rise of a hero. Marvel Studios is Captain Marvel is in theater now. Get tickets. An origin story like no other. What do you guys think about that? Well, it's, I don't know if it's an origin story like no other. It's a different, like different order, I guess. I guess she's the only one that was human, was infused with a power stone, with the power stone or a infinity stone and turned into a superhero Mm -hmm. i'm gonna guess so i guess it's like no other but it's not like completely different (laughs) so this is what someone replied uh oh wait sorry what 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 do you think kimball well i think it's uh it reminds me of captain america the first one and the guardians of the galaxy i just keep thinking of those two those two movies and so it wasn't quite original but eh, they did their best yeah. No, I, I, I think it was good. You know, they tried to make it a little different. So this is what someone said to that. A fearless pilot who gets powers from an alien who died and goes to space and trains and becomes one of the most powerful beings in the universe. An origin story like no other. Dot, dot, dot. This is Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I was laughing at that. I just had to see what you guys thought, you know, because there's so much crossover. A lot of people don't realize that back in the day, Marvel and DC stole from each other all the time so yeah a lot of crossovers like this where they have a lot of the same stories uh but i i thought it was funny but uh no it's kind of interesting that some of the more powerful people are definitely created from infinity stones right you've got the scarlet witch who's super powerful i mean she destroyed an infinity stone and you have captain marvel who was created from infinity stone i guess i guess uh What's his name? Her twin brother got the shaft on that, but mm-hmm. Quicksilver. Yeah, Quicksilver. Uh, he yeah, he got shot by bullets. So, <laughs> I mean, the guy's faster than time itself, but the, the bullet got him. <laughs> bullet got him. So, yeah. but uh, no, it's it's just uh, interesting because now, I mean, think about the heavy hitters that are still alive in for for the next one. You've got Thor that's alive. You got Hulk, Captain America, and uh, Scarlet yeah. Witch. Yeah, and uh, Black Widow. Black Widow, well, <laughs> he's so powerful. Captain America's alive. I mean, he stopped, he straight stopped uh, Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet on and then got punched in the face. But still, like, he stopped him, you know, like, yeah. pound for pound. That's amazing. And then, uh, who else do we have? Ant-Man? That's a yeah. prize. So it'll be, I don't know, it'll be interesting. You have a lot of heavy hitters that are still up to, to fight. So I think it's going to be really, really neat. And yeah. I'm still crossing my fingers. We're going to see some of the old bad guys show up. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, so that's a, that's another podcast. Uh, what Avengers Endgame is going to look like. Maybe we'll do a pre-show because that comes out next month, end of the month, end of April. So maybe we'll do a, a pre-show where we flow, throw out our hypotheses and predictions. So what, what do you guys give this, this film? Like an A plus being like the most amazing Avengers film ever. Uh, you know, you're going to watch it 50,000 times. You know, you liked it more than Star Wars, you know, something like that. Or it was it just horrible, like we're talking uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> For me, I give it a, a B minus. I think it's some good moments. Uh, good addition to the overall story. But it's, it's another origin story. 
And I think it's a little late in the game to be adding origin stories to this storyline. So it's like, oh, another one. You know, it doesn't really advance the overall story. So in the overall story, I'd give it a probably a C, C plus. But as a standalone film, B minus. There's some good things. But overall, I wasn't like, I'm not going to go see it again in theaters. Mm-hmm. So would you say top 10? No. Like of all, I think was there's 23 movies now, 25 movies, something like that. 21. Uh, 21 movies. So not top 10, top 15? Maybe. Be around there, 15, 16, 17. So you have a you know, pretty, pretty low, right? I mean, not yeah. like the worst. I mean, I, I don't think any of them are just super, super horrible. But I mean, it's, you know, on the bottom half is where you yeah. put it. Yeah. Okay. And how about you, Kimball? I give it an 85%. A nice B. Um, it wasn't the greatest, like the Captain America films, you know, like Winter Soldier and stuff like that. Like those are my top ones. But it seems like with all these Marvel films, you got a few really good ones, and you got a few, few really crappy ones, like Thor two or Iron Man three. I didn't like those at all. And but then you got like probably sixteen, fifteen of them that are just in the middle that are all around the same, I guess, depth of goodness. And I would lump it in there in the middle of the other ones. It's not super great, but it's not the worst film either. Um, yeah, it was a origin story. It probably could have been lumped back into phase two of, yeah. of the Marvel groups, but then yeah, I think if they would have released it back then in that phase two timeline or era, I would have liked it more. Mm-hmm. Did they uh-huh. just not have the rights for it? Is that what happened? I have no idea. It seems like they're kind of writing the story as they go. Maybe they didn't think of Captain Marvel till the end. Like, hey, let's go, let's add her in. And then that's how I see it. It doesn't seem like they have it all written out before. Yeah. Maybe they do. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what the point of was keeping it, you know, keeping it locked down. Because I don't know if they ever planned for Thanos to be defeated without her. But obviously she's a big part of it. For me, I give it, I'm a little bit more harsh. I've got to give it like a, I've got to give it like a C plus moving towards a C, you know, kind of uh, uh, moving that way. And, and I give it to it and it gets a bad rap because of where it's, you know, now the 21st movie, 20, you know, and I see the same jokes for 20 movies and I just cannot handle them any <laughs> And so this continues to have like those type of corny jokes, the weird humor in the middle of serious things and uh, yada, yada, you know, and it just is dragging me down a little bit. So when I see that in this origin story, it just drives me nuts a little bit. It created some uh, holes in the timeline that I don't like. I thought they could have been better explained or easily manipulated, but they didn't do it. So I give it a C, but even though I give it a C, I did kind of like it. So I've got to put it maybe a little closer, maybe 12 or 13 for me, a little bit higher, you know, about just under halfway. Yeah, it's kind of in this weird spot where we liked it, but we've seen it before, but we liked it, but it doesn't really add anything, but we liked it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's this weird uh, situation or this weird spot in the timeline. That's why I said it would be better if it would had been in like the phase two era where it's, we're still getting these origin stories, we're still building the storyline, you know, because Infinity War, huge consequences, but then we're jumping back 20 years, 25 years to tell an origin story. That's what we don't want. We want a continuation. We want to see, I think maybe even a year ago, if this movie would have came out a year ago after Black Panther, it would have been better. I don't know. Yeah. 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 I, I can agree with that. Um, just something, you know, not, not now, not, I mean, we're at the end game, folks. And yeah. we're still doing, we're hopping back into time to 
to introduce characters. The only character I think that would be acceptable to do that with would be Wolverine because he's amazing. <laughs> but other than that, I don't think that uh, it should ever be done. Yeah. So a couple more things. A Stan Lee moment. We had the whole opening Marvel logo with him. Usually it's the Avenger characters from previous movies. The whole logo scene was him in his different roles throughout the movies. I thought that was pretty cool. And then there was this, he was on the bus. There was a, you've seen it in the trailer probably, if you haven't seen the film yet, where Carol Danvers punches this old lady and they fight on the bus. But before <laughs> that moment, Stanley's on the bus reading a script from Mallrats, which is a Kevin Smith film. Kind of a big moment for Kevin Smith, but I thought that was pretty cool. So this is Stan Lee's last cameo. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that was cool to see him. And, you know, he was on, you know, obviously looking at the paper and stuff and it was neat. But I was excited about that. When I saw that, it was kind of like, oh man. And at the beginning of the movie, right, they had that a little thumbs up to him. Like, yeah. thanks, Lee, or whatever, you know, what it said. And, and so it was cool to see him one more time in one more film that he got that, that thing. Because, I mean, he's been in them since X-Men 1, right? Which, yeah. 90s? Yeah. And so, I mean, he's been in them and you know, he helped create this universe that we're now talking about. And so it was really cool to have him in one more time right before Endgame. I wish that he would have uh, made it to Endgame. And I'm hoping that they give him another th- thumbs up in Endgame as the, the main storyline tapers out. Yeah. It'd be cool if they did like a digital thing just for this one movie. You don't think he'll be in Endgame? Because they wrapped up that filming last summer, like before he died. I thought... They were able to get a scene with him in it. I hope so. Oh, I I didn't know it uh, wrapped up that long ago. So maybe he will be in it, and I'm completely wrong. Uh, I hope I am because I want to see him. You know, one more time. Um, that would be that would be pretty neat. Yeah. Then some after credit scenes. There was a mid credit scene with which for me was the best part of the film, <laughs> with Captain America, Black Widow, War Machine, Bruce Banner. Is there someone else? But anyway, the it was just the four. Okay. So these remaining Avengers on Earth, they were looking at the pager that we saw at the end of Infinity War that Nick Fury had, that he pushed the button before he disintegrated. Um, they're waiting for it to do something. And then it turns off and they're like, oh, what happened? You know, we got to, you know, where did this message go and what's going on? And then they turn around and Captain Marvel's there and she's like, where's Fury? And that was it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was neat. Because uh, all of a sudden she's just there. And they're yeah. like, what the heck? Who, who, who are you? Yeah. And Basically, uh, that's the start of, or at least the first scene we get out of the upcoming Avengers Endgame film. I thought that was exciting. Yeah. Nope. That'll be neat. Comes out, you said next month, right? Yeah. I think it's April 29th. Oh, man. We are going to see it. And then the last after credit scene, we see Goose the Cats throwing up the Tesseract, which is <laughs> like, okay. I waited another five minutes for this, but at least we know the Tesseract's still around. <laughs> well, and what happens to Goose the Cat? I don't know. I mean, I guess it was just a way to get the, the thing back to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. But And I don't know. I've got to say this. I know we're winding down here, but uh, I thought it was really lame how Nick Fury lost his eye. Yeah, <laughs> that was a letdown. A big, I was like, man, it's got to be awesome because he was like, oh, you know, I've learned not to trust anybody and you think it's because of his eye and I was waiting for something to happen and then a stupid cat scratches his eye who he's like, I don't know, in love with or something. Yeah, that was out of character for me. That whole, oh, you're such a good cat, Goose, you know, whatever he was saying. 
he was like a forced character. And maybe yeah. that's why they're saying, oh, I got my back stabbed by this cat. I loved it and scratched my eye. You know, I'm just like, that's so dumb. Yeah. What do you think, Kimmel? Yeah, they, they built it up through 20 movies and it's like, it was anticlimactic. Plus, you don't see three scratch marks on above his eyebrow from the cat's claws. Like, all you see is um, the patch. You don't see any big scars coming from the patch. At least I never noticed it. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. But I kind of wish they would have better continuity with that. Yeah. I mean, they totally could have made it work better. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what happened in the comics, if they ever explained it. But um, yeah, that was a little bit of a letdown. I think Goose the Cat was created to get the Tesseract off the, the scroll spaceship and back to Earth because... No one can really touch it. Um, when Captain Marvel or Karen Danvers picked it up in the ship, I was like, wait a minute, how can she touch it? But yeah. then we, we find out that it was because she was infused with the power from the Tesseract that allowed her to do that, I guess. So, Here he picked but, it up. I'm just saying. Yeah, he picked it up with a glove. But so I think the goose was just a way to get it off the ship. That was the whole point of that cat in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So yeah, any final thoughts on, on Captain Marvel, Kimball? It was, uh, it was worth to see in the theater, um, at yeah. least in the, the $4 theater where I went. I don't know if I would spend $12 on it, but I had a good time. It was enjoyable. The only the other concern that I have is, well, how would Fury know when is the appropriate time to summon Captain Marvel? Because he had many chances. There were several Avenger films before this. Like, when did he know? I mean, he almost died in Winter Soldier, and then that knowledge would have been lost to everyone. So it's kind of like, you know, how did he know? Yeah, good point. <laughs> I guess the key would be to wait till, you know, half of everyone is destroyed. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's, you know, why, why would you not wait for that moment? I mean, you've, you've been attacked by dark elves. Uh, Thor came and had like a grudge match on your world. Uh, you know, Winter Soldier almost killed you like six times. Uh, you know, Hydra almost took over, but none of those rose to the level of uh, of let's let's call her down. Well, yeah, the Satari almost destroyed New York, but that's not good enough. Yeah, yeah, right. Like they are coming in with flying worm dilly dings, and but no, it, you know, you you keep doing your thing. Uh, or Ultron, I mean, he yeah. created an army. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's just and that's why I'm talking. I always think it's just so weird. Like you know that heroes sit sit it out i think it's a problem of yeah they they probably wrote this story or came up with this idea after all these films that already been created that's the out of universe story but they didn't it's almost like they make this movie and this story take precedent over the previous 20 movies and i don't think that's fair you establish this universe you build this storyline over 10 years and then you got this film that throws a little bit of shade here a little bit of inconsistency there and it's like, come on, guys, are you guys writing the same story or what's your, you know, what's your overall end game here? It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. But so the bet, next one just better be amazing. And uh, I'm sure it will be. Any final thoughts on Captain Marvel, Mark? Definitely worth seeing. Uh, you know, even if, even, you know, we talk about some of the flaws that have in it. And when I talk about the flaws, I'm talking about a 21 movie series. And so I, I rate it really hard, especially these last ones. But it was still good. It's worth seeing. I didn't pay $4. I paid $12. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I still thought it was 
worth it. Yeah. I liked it too. I think it's definitely worth seeing, like you guys said. I don't know if the watchability rewatchability factors there. I guess we'll find out when I rewatch it again. I'll most likely buy it on digital so I can add it to the collection at least. We'll see. But I, I recommend it, like I said, give it a B minus overall. Uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast as we review Captain Marvel in our Marvel Avengers review series. And definitely check us out on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, even Pinterest. Uh, just search for Credible Nerds and you'll find us. Follow us, contribute to the conversation. We're usually posting stuff here and there about different things. Like today was Marvel Monday because today's Monday when we're recording this. And, you know, joining the conversation there. And definitely check out our podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, pretty much any podcast app you'll find us there. Or even on Spotify. So uh, support us on Patreon. Uh, all our shows are on patreon.com slash Nerds. Can join us there we have exclusive episodes exclusive bonus content that you can only find there so check us out there and support us we'd really appreciate it we want to thank you guys for joining us here on this podcast and we'll catch you next time see you guys see ya